All right, I will just sort of, you guys can carry me and I will do my best. It's not what you did, son, that angers me so. It's who you did it to. Who? The f***ing nobody? That f***ing nobody is John Wick. People keep asking if I'm back. And I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I am an FBI agent. Hello and welcome back to the Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you the Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look at our podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. Uh, in addition, uh, we'd also like to remind you the Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Uh, Jonathan, it should be noted to our listeners, is Skyping in from his sanatorium in Woodbridge, Virginia. Jonathan, how are you doing over there? We, uh, we got a case of Captain Trips blowing through the house over here, and uh, my wife and my four kids are all really, really sick with the flu, and I have not gotten it yet, so either I'm Stu Redman or I'm the walking dude. I'm uh, sure. well, I think you are probably Stu because I'm definitely the, the walking dude. You're the walking dude? I am, <laughs> yeah. I call that. I call Man in Black. These are all references to The Stand. Uh, Victor, wow, Vic, Vic no, Mattis, I, as you, you know, I don't you, read books, uh, well, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> you only read books there about Hitler. So. You know what? I saw how big. I remember this back in the day, going to like B. Dalton's bookstore in the mall, and I remember seeing how big the hardcover of the stand was, mm-hmm. and I loved the cover because mm-hmm. it looked interesting. And then somebody told me about the tunnel scene, and it's basically a contagion movie, and that was the extent of it. And I said, yeah. I can't wait for the movie. Is what I saw when I saw how big that book was. Well, there was. I, if I could go back in time, I'd read so much, but. But that's only the first but, half. But we'll yeah, talk about time travel that's like, later. That's like the but first, we'll, but the we'll first, talk about time travel later. That's like the, the first, first third of the book. Of it is yeah. the greatest contagion story ever. And then you realize, crap, that's only half the book. There's yeah. a whole wow. other half of this. I mean, it's it, and again, it's really not even half. It's like a third of the, it's like the first third or quarter of the book. And then, yeah, then it gets right. into like, okay. Anyway. Well, you never know, JVL. I mean, this ha- I mean, uh, this has happened in our family where, where some people, per- everyone will get sick except for one person. And then mysteriously, the person will not get sick. That might be you. This might be him. It might be like, you know, in the uh, Ten Commandments, uh, the, you know, if you put the, uh, the, the the blood of the lamb on your door, maybe you'll be saved, you know, and maybe it's just you. You'll be fine. I, Who knows? I texted my, our pediatrician is, a, is, is my buddy. And after we got through like the first batch of the kids through the, his office, I texted him that night. And I said, so what are the, what are the chances of me escaping this? <laughs> he replies, zero. Well, so I, I said, like, like on Solo before me, I said, never tell me the odds. That's right. Or uh, perhaps it might come over you in a very mild form because you are a grown man with resistance and you take vitamins, pills, and maybe a flu shot. I, yes, 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 and yes. And in addition to that, I have gone through in the last nine days, no kidding, probably 25 fluid ounces of hand sanitizer. Yes, I am in full Howard Hughes mode over here. There's only so much you can do. And that door handles and things like that. Refrigerators. Don't forget the refrigerators, JVL. I, I, no joke, I have a bottle of hands. No, that's not true. I have probably 
an average of one and a half bottles of hand sanitizer in every room in the house so that you can't go like at Disneyland. You can't go more than 12 feet without without having a pump. Yes, that's true. Yeah, the same thing. It is. It's like a cruise ship here. That is something that I remembered uh, noticing uh, as opposed to when we were kids where there was no hand sanitizer at the theme park. (laughs) Now it's everywhere you go. Um, Sonny, how are you doing? Uh, I'm great. I'm not dying. Uh, flu good. and nobody in my family is dying of flu good. so good, we're, good. we're we're yes. we're we're a plus. it's it's a brief spell same with us at our house at this very moment that was my big concern before going on the trip please let everyone be healthy enough to make this trip yeah. and so that was I, I i was very thankful for that i'm doing fine uh, now i'm recovering because uh, yesterday on behalf of the free beacon i did a f- special facebook live at taco bell in, on Lee Highway in Arlington. I don't know whose idea this was, but obviously- It was I, probably mine. I'm pretty sure was, I tweeted this <laughs> yes, at you. you did, actually. Yeah. And uh, it had to do with the Naked Chicken Chalupa, which is a special at Taco Bell. I don't know if it's permanent. I think it should be. And you, Explain what the Naked yes, Chicken Chalupa okay, is. Okay, so Taco Bell now has this thing called- I have to take these deep catch breaths. Sorry, for some reason, I'm a little- Maybe I'm getting short of breath myself now in the studio. But uh, the Naked Chicken Chalupa- is a play off of their regular chalupa, which is that deep fried uh, taco shell, and they put everything in it. The uh, it's not actually what a chalupa is historically. If you go to Mexico or anywhere in Central America, I've been down to Costa Rica and had a chalupa. The uh, a real chalupa is 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 deep fried uh, corn uh, sometimes or flour tortilla, and it's uh, shaped into a boat, like you know. So it's and then you fill it up with stuff. Like so, it's like a giant cup, like those. Uh, mm. It's like a large version of tostito, those, those those dipping tostitos chips that have a little bit of a oh, like a shell. the bowl. Yes, the, the, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. And so that's what a chalupa is. But for some reason, uh, at Taco scoops. Bell, yes, the scoops. And so for some reason, at Taco Bell, they decided to make this just a taco shell, but deep fried uh-huh. and put everything in it. So the innovation, and that was very popular when it first came out. Remember the whole line? I think it was called "Drop the Chalupa," and was with the Chihuahua. Sure. So the the thing that they have now is the innovation is forget about the actual corn uh, or flour, whatever uh, tortilla shell. The shell itself is going to be made of the chicken. So rather than put the chicken inside, <laughs> you're inverting it. So it's like it is it's literally inverse. So I when inverse I inverse taco. When I had first heard of this, I thought it was a like like a chicken fried taco shell right like you know how you have t- chicken fried steak i thought it was just a, no, a no, taco no. shell with like the chicken breading and the they fry meat? but it's actual it's an actual chicken you white i will i will venture to say white chicken meat well it looked white <laughs> sure. some sort of Tell yourself <laughs> yeah some sort of <laughs> it looked like, white yeah. uh pounded into the shape <laughs> of the tortilla shell and then well i assume fried, it's, i assume it's probably fried. poured I assume it's probably poured Wait, into no, a mold. No, 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 no. It's not even like force meat. You know, force meat in a, in a fancy kitchen where it's like it's the chicken becomes a powder. It's, like a, a, it's a definitely puree, the puree. chicken version of pig it's, slime. I'm eating it. No, I will disagree, Sonny. I, I am eating it, and it was like you could actually see the chicken meat. It just happened to be uh-huh. yeah. in that shit. Yeah, okay. All right, anyway, and, and, and then it's, of course, uh, fried. And the thing is- at first, you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, that's disgusting! I have to handle and then, the chi- I'm I have sorry, to." And then yes. inside it, there's taco. Ah, meat. no, no, no! If you're crazy, you could put uh, that is extra. You have to you have to pay extra for that. Uh, but instead, what it is, the inside is the lettuce, the cheese, tomatoes, huh. and things like that. So, in other words, the instead of having the chicken inside, it's on the outside, and an avocado sauce for like 
two ninety nine. I think three. It's an insanely cheap price. And it was actually delicious. The uh, so it's like, oh, if I'm concerned about carbs, I guess I'm not, I'm going to go for the naked chicken chalupa. I think that's the idea uh, behind <laughs> it. The healthy option. <laughs> you know, the healthy option. Um, I heard avocado was in it, and avocado is soft, lettuce, and guacamole, tomato. right? Tomato. It sounds good, and it's 440 calories. Wow, that's nothing. That's actually me. not that's that. A, a yeah, walk in the park, unless yeah. you load it with other stuff. Right. So I didn't. Um, and and the chalupa. Is that it? You're holding it. And people are like, oh my gosh, that's such a crazy idea to hold the chicken that's gross. But of course, we handle chicken with our fingers all the time, whether it be chicken fingers or even messy buffalo wings or or fried chicken, obviously. So this is no different. You're just holding it a little greasy, obviously, but so is handling fried chicken, obviously, with your you hands. Don't, so you don't leave it deal. in like the little pouch, the little sleeve? It came in paper, actually. So uh-huh. it wasn't, a, a, I thought it would come in a, a cardboard thing, the the, the Dorito. Like the uh, Nachos, nachos that one, Locos. That Nachos yeah. Locos, that came, okay, so what happened, Sonny, is uh, I was there with two of our colleagues from the Free Beacon, and they said, oh, I'll have a beef taco, and I think we had two extra beef tacos. Uh, so I didn't eat all 12 items. On my tray. No, no. One of the beef items went to Natalie, and the other one went to Madeline. And and anyway, the point is, uh, there were about twelve items on the tray, and it came to. And you just ate ten of them. JVL, you'll be surprised. How much do you think those twelve items cost? All and it came with. Uh, hold on for one second. I, I I had to write it down. Uh, so in ca- besides the chalupa, it came up with the uh, there was the cheesy gordita crunch, the beef supreme Dorito, a burrito rather, the crunchy taco. Um, Twelve items. How much do you think uh, the bill was, JVL? Twenty-seven seventy-two. <laughs> Fourteen. Fourteen dollars. <laughs> that you know what? If I does tried that to... include the naked? Yeah, chi- yeah. Which and was soda. like three dollars and two sodas. How? What? Okay. That doesn't make any sense. So you the... didn't actually have twelve items. I had pieces of twelve items, and I certainly finished. I think three items. This is ridiculous. And half of that, the burrito killed me. That the big I, that thing was big. Did you get a burrito supreme? Yes. Well, they threw it in there. So here's what happened. I was looking at the menu board. I have not been to a Taco Bell in years. It's just not my uh, uh, choice of fast food places, not Taco Bell. And I looked at, I had to scan and see what's up. And at least the one in Arlington had a special, which was called the $5 Cravings. And for $5, you got all these items. Uh, so that was insane, and for a quote limited time only. Well, I got to take care. Of, you know, I got to take advantage of that. You can't turn that down. Right. And that's what happened to me. Mm. And I had the uh, naked chicken chalupa. Is that something that like you would uh, have, Sonny? Uh, no, I don't think that is something. Are you I a Taco would Bell have. person? I I do occasionally go to Taco Bell, maybe once or twice a year. Uh, and I'm a I'm a Doritos, uh, Nachos Locos, whatever. Wow. Guy, I like the you know the original nacho flavor. Uh, uh, shell. Dorito shell, not the blue, not the cold Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch is garbage. That's a garbage flavor. Wow. It's the worst chip, except for maybe barbecue chips. Or as I called it on Facebook, uh, Blue Ranch. Yeah, I, I got confused because the bag was blue. Ugh. Um, no, I, I, no. but I, I don't, I don't really, I don't, uh, my, my, I don't really do a ton of fast food anymore. I guess I, I, well, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, when I, when I eat for lunch, I go to like the pot belly and get a sandwich, or yeah. chopped and get a yeah, salad, yeah. or yeah. something like I'm that. I'm the same way. I have, I have almost foregone totally fast food. I just go down to the sandwich shop downstairs and get a, a Philly cheesesteak yeah. and yeah. fries. Right? No, that's because that's much healthier. Yeah, that's because, much healthier. JVL, were you ever back in the day a Taco Bell person? Wait, hold on a second. I'm, I'm not confused. So you yes. were saying that you were short of breath 
coming in to start this episode, <laughs> and you couldn't figure out why. No, 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 no. It's and like I, I think I have a cold or allergies. No. worth of the slop that Taco Bell put on a tray for you. <laughs> Hold on, I'm having problems breathing, but it, I'm pretty sure it's just because of I'm stuffed up. It's 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 it's, it's nasal. It's na- I swear to you, it's nasal <laughs> and left arm pain, but it's numbness. <laughs> but it's mostly nasal. Yes, that's. Wow. wow. Um, you know, back I, in your I was a Taco Bell guy back yeah. in high school. This is what my, my cross-country buddies and I would do is we'd, you know, we'd go run 13 miles and then <laughs> the two of us who had licenses would drive the team over to Taco Bell and we would, like you said, I mean, it's back nuts. then I think tacos yeah. were 49 cents each. It's insane. The prices are insane. Yeah, so you could you could load yourself full of 1,300 calories for $1.50 or something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I you know... Listening to all this Franken foods. So, do you, Victorino, because you pay attention to stuff? Yes. Do you know what patient zero for Franken food was in American culture? Like, where where did this movement start? Because I like to. You think mean like the McDonald's, guys at Pizza or... Hut, and the guys at Taco Bell have some like broski rivalry where they're each trying to figure <laughs> out the craziest yeah. gross. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, what was saying? What was it go back? What was to, what right? was the Burger King thing that you reviewed for the the free beacon? The Whopperito. Yeah. But again, a lot of it is sort of you know it's publicity stuntish in the sense of that sounds crazy, but when you actually eat it, it's not as bad or it's actually healthier than the alternative. So there are things, for example, that talk about like that ridiculous uh, gordita crunch. Um, uh, that are, I think, uh, significantly worse than the naked chicken chalupa. The gordita crunch is the gord. You know, the gordita is flatbread, and it's not just warmed. I think they put it probably put it on the grill or something. But it's you know with with, you know, with all the butter and everything. It's all processed, enriched. Anyway, you got the gordita, and then inside it they put the crunchy shell, and then inside of that they have the uh, the, the the taco fillings, which is a total. I mean, this is where obviously the ideas for like SNL's Taco Town comes from we'll have to put that on show notes jvl but you know um and the whopperito uh, it sounded crazy but basically it was a whopper but instead of a bun it's in a flour tortilla so believe it or not it was actually fewer calories than the regular whopper on the large sesame uh bun so uh yes i did that and i don't know i'm trying to think back how far that goes back with the crazy sort of what about like like stuffed crust pizza Yes, yes, that's right. That's, that's like exactly the first right. thing I remember just being like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is, yeah. they are really messing with God's will here. Yes, you know? in fact, do you remember, uh, maybe j remembers, that was a Seinfeld riff. He does one of his stand-up things on the show, and he's complaining about how much cheese can you possibly get in the pizza. You know, I mean, like every little nook and cranny is cheese, yeah. you know, but that's right. And I think I've maybe only had that once, probably only because somebody ordered it at the Weekly Standard. I definitely, I definitely had that one time because I was curious and it was gross. It was like the cheese really? was, the it cheese was, was the like not chewy. It was like kind of hard. And... I thought what I, I was imagining in my mind, it would essentially be pizza plus a mozzarella stick. Yeah. Yeah, that but was not, not quite. Not, that not, not, not quite that. But anyway, I, let me just, I'll go out of my way to say that I, I love the naked chicken chalupa, but I was definitely not a fan of that uh, crunchy, uh, the gordita yeah. crunch thing. I, yeah, yeah. I'd say, say uh, flatbread. It's just all filler. It's 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 just yeah. not necessary. I was going to say, JVL, if you remember back in the day when you traveled uh, across America playing basketball, um, wasn't it uh, Taco Bell or Pizza Hut that uh, Pizza sponsored Hut. you? Oh, it was Pizza, Pizza Hut. Hut. Yeah, my corporate sponsor, one of my two corporate sponsors was Pizza Hut. And so I ate at Pizza Hut for two meals a day, every day for three months. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know, Did you I, go again, to the Pizza Hut like buffet? Uh, no, I had, believe it or not, I had all you can eat car. Like, I literally had a 
card from Pizza Hut Corporate that just said, give this guy whatever food he wants. Oh, man, that's great. That, was, I wish I had one that, of those. that sounds better than the, uh, the black Amex card for me. It was pretty awesome. I mean, of course, I was 22 years old and I was playing basketball for six or seven hours a day. So it was, you know, like instead of giving myself a heart attack, I actually was like as, as big and diesel as I've ever been before. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was crazy. I was, you know, six foot two, a hundred. No, I was probably two oh five or so of like nothing but pure muscle. And uh, I was being powered <laughs> you entirely see Sonny's by face. You should see funny Sonny's face on that one. That, 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 no, that turned him off. That turned him off. Know, and and uh, when I die five years early, it will be <laughs> entirely because of the stuff that coated my arteries uh, yeah, during maybe. those three months. Do you remember? Do you remember JVL when we were still very young in at the Weekly Standard, and you forced me? People are wondering where is this story going, uh, and you forced me to to eat um, three triple cheeseburgers at either McDonald's or Burger King. Do you remember this? There was a triple cheeseburger special, three for however it was like what three for three or something. Three Ninety nine five. cent triple cheese. And you said we had to get three. You, me, and a, a, and a, intern, an intern. Remember this? Yeah, that's right. Andrew Cloutier, who's probably like forty years old now. And, and I'm sure a partner at a law firm in like New Orleans, yeah, making or something gobs like that. of money. Yeah. yeah, New Orleans, very good, making gobs of money. And I remember, even for me at that time, I did not feel well after the third triple cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah, that um, was much. But, but that's much. different. But you yes. know what? I, so when people ask me, and when you ask me about you know the things that I eat. You know, they say, where did I learn it from? I learned it from you. I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I learned it from watching you. Yet somehow I've avoided the gout and you. <laughs> oh, that's genetic. I have books. I have, I have. Old Frenchman. This I, is true. I have books on gout and it's, it's mostly genetic and genius. Me and Samuel Johnson. Thank you. Um, and <laughs> and the, what, what's always disturbing, though, is all these books and brochures on gout always has a picture of a, a, like a little kid with his grandfather and somehow and me. Uh, so, uh, somehow, I'm, I'm, like they're going fishing or something. And Bobby Hill from King of the Hill. There was oh, an episode, there's an episode of Bobby of King of the Hill where Bobby Hill gets gout because he, he goes to the deli. He goes to like the the, the deli that opens up in Arlen, uh, Texas, every day, and he eats the terrible fatty meats, and he gets the gout, and he gets and he, like he, a little motorized mm-hmm. scooter. Oh, you should have gotten a scooter. Fantastic. Right? Yeah, that's the yeah, yeah. That's two things that we have in common: gout, and we both like wearing capes. <laughs> so uh, the uh, you know what you know what I remember. Uh, speaking of. Uh, Fast food. Is, I, I was thinking about this going back in time. Uh, when I, I ate McDonald's once, I think five days in a row when I lived in Vienna, Austria, because I was just so tired of eating the other food in Austria. Like there's only so many dumplings a student mm. can eat, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. And there were different locations. Um, I've not told many people this story, so I'm just sharing. You're about to hear it for <laughs> This is a deeply personal, oh boy. a very special episode. Where, uh, but I was too bit weird. Yes, it is. And uh, I was about, I, I didn't feel comfortable going to the same McDonald's, obviously, every day because, you know, you don't want people <laughs> don't to want know that you have a problem. <laughs> you have a problem. But uh, so what I did was every day I went to a different McDonald's in the city of Vienna. Like there was one in Schwarzenbergplatz and Maria Hilferstrasse and Veringer. And then, and, and I have different, and I'd convinced myself that it wasn't bad because I'd have a different, and I ate alone, of course. I didn't want any of my classmates of to see me. Uh, going there and eating the McChampion, which I think was named after Michael Jordan at the time. And um, anyway, but then one time, the McDonald's in Austria, they did a promotion, I think it was during the Chinese New Year's, and it was called China Week, or China Volka, as they called it. And so it was like uh, chicken fingers that were like tempera fried. Okay, that's fine with a sweet and sour sauce. Okay, I can see where they're going. And it came with chopsticks, which is just a publicity stunt. 
and it came in a nice bright red box, which is, you know, very Chinese. And, and, and then they had the caricature of a Chinese guy's face, and it was with slant eyes and huge buck teeth. Oh, boy. And very problematic. Hugely problematic. Even in 1993 or 1994, uh. I, I just, I thought even then, I thought this is kind of, no? Is it just me? That's what I was saying. But of course, it was just me in it Austria. Was just, well, it, you were in Austria. <laughs> yes. Well, to be fair, though, this is in keeping with, you know, your Fuhrer's. Uh, ideal <laughs> of, vision of, of what of, they view uh, other lesser races. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. so that 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 was that was that was that was a really Vic loves Hitler is the running I, joke. It's just our joke. Thank you. Uh, much like the Missy Peregrine joke. I'd like to bring that up. It's a joke, JVL. A lot of, a lot of running jokes about Vic I, on this show. You know show. what? We're going to discuss gotta, that. We're going to discuss go. those jokes in the outtakes. Uh, right now, we're going to move right along uh, to. Uh, you know what I saw? By the way, I'm going to branch this. This is my awful segue. Um, it, when I was in Vienna. Uh, we always, anytime there was a new American movie, we'd go out to see it, and things had gotten How long so, were you in Vienna? A year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so things had gotten so bad that it's like, whatever movie is up there, I'm going to see. And that included, in 1993, uh, Little Buddha, starring Keanu Reeves. Oh. Not yeah. really. Yeah. I don't know about Keanu Reeves as Siddhartha. I'm yeah. just I just don't know if that's the right fit. Uh, but speaking of Keanu Reeves, Sonny- mm. You saw a movie recently. Yes. With him. Uh, John Wick Chapter 2, uh, out now in theaters, had a huge opening weekend. Grossed, uh, it grossed double in this opening weekend with the original o- uh, Open 2 back in 2014, so that's very good. Um, uh, John Wick, of course, was a movie about a, uh, a hitman who had retired and his wife tragically died of cancer, and he uh, received as her dying gift to him a puppy. Uh, and then that puppy was brutally murdered by the son of a Russian mob lord who also stole Keanu Reeves's car. Um, and uh, this caused Keanu Reeves's John Wick to get back in the life. And of course, the, the fantastic thing about the first, the first John Wick was that it's basically 30 minutes of people talking about how crazy and terrifying John Wick is, right? And there's a lot of anticipation, and you get this kind of portrait of grief of a man, you know, who is... Who is who has lost everything and and has nothing nothing to live for and everything to die for now, uh, and uh, you, then the, the last hour or so it's only ninety six minutes is him just wrecking stuff, just him killing Russian mobster after Russian mobster and shot in a very kind of uh, 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 calm and uh, paced way as opposed to a lot of action these days, which is you know very choppily cut together and and handheld shaky cam stuff. This was all very fluid and very uh, kind of dance-like and very, you know, uh, you know, boom, 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 boom. But it's also not, uh, it, it, I agree with you that it's very well choreographed in terms of the fighting sequences, but it's also not Scorsese gory, is it? Uh, no, I mean, you definitely get a lot of like blood splatter and that sort of thing, but it's not, it's not like a lot of close-ups on, you know, gaping, sucking wounds or anything. Yeah. Uh, so then the second one out this, this week, it just gets right into the, into the action. It's, it's a little bit less tight at two hours long. Um, and it, uh, it is about John Wick, uh, having to, um, how do I discuss this without spoilers? Uh, so John Wick is, he wants to get back out of the life, right? He's like, I've I've gotten my car back. I've avenged my dog. I want out. Uh, but he can't get out because a, a an Italian uh, who is a member of the Camorra, 
uh, comes to him with a marker. So like it, 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 the the great thing about John Wick is the amount of world building that they do. They have done mm-hmm. this. They've done this really kind of interesting uh, thing where they have they have created this little universe. For instance, it's little flourishes like. Uh, the hitmen trade gold coins as for services rendered for favors you know that sort of thing Uh, there's this uh, hotel called the Continental which is run by Ian McShane's Winston Ian McShane of course is Al Swearingen from Deadwood um, that uh, is it's kind of like holy ground in the Highlander movies where you 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 aren't allowed to kill anyone there that's like it's a safe space for for hitmen Um, uh, and in but this, it happens, or right. it almost happens. Well, in 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 the in the first one, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in the in in the second one starts with uh, this this Kimura guy calling in a marker, and it's a literal marker. It's like a it's got like a bloody thumbprint on it, and you know they've yeah. got to, you know, uh, figure out how to. Uh, and John Wick can't turn it down because he he gave this guy the marker so many years ago to help him get out of the life. Now that he's back in it, but again, without spoiling too much. Uh, so. The, the rest of the movie involves John Wick, A, fulfilling his obligations to the marker, and then B, trying to survive when this yeah. guy kind of stabs him in the back, which I don't think is too much of a spoiler. You see it so, so it's basically him away. trying to get out of the life? Is he trying to him leave trying, the Yeah, he wants, they, he, he wants to get out. He, wants to, he doesn't want to be a hitman anymore. He wants I've to never be. understood that in terms of, you know... You've movies. never understood wanting to get away from the no, life no, of murder and no. mayhem. Well, why, why, why pe- you know, people just won't let you leave, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, do you remember this in The Sopranos with uh, Eugene, and he wanted to leave, his aunt died, and he mm-hmm. got millions, he wanted to move to Florida and just leave, and they wouldn't, and, yeah. it, and, and it had tragic, uh, really tragic consequences. Right. Anyway, when you saw John Wick, uh, you fell in love with it immediately, right? The first movie? Yeah, or- it, was, well, it, was, it was kind of a surprise critical smash. I think a lot of critics mm-hmm. were, were, very, were very taken with its aesthetic. It's kind of... Right. Uh, and Keanu had done some other movies prior to that. We're like, okay, maybe this is just going to be the same old same, right? It's going to be Constantine or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, Keanu has—he's he, never really kind of fallen into that—that uh, that, say Liam Neeson style rut of you know just like kind of mindless action yeah. movies. He's—he's yeah. he's, yeah. he's a more interesting yeah. actor than I think uh, some people give him credit for. Uh, anyway, th- this this movie is—it is. It is Again, it's it's a little bit longer. It's a little bit less tight. It does it does a really good job of again the world building, right? We we learn that the Continental has outposts kind of all over the world. There's, you know, a system. The system by which they uh, they uh, uh, send out the orders for the hitmen is very interesting. There's like a. Yeah. It's basically yeah. the way I described it in my review was it's a it's a switchboard. It's like an old school switchboard right. with like pneumatic tubes and but it's staffed entirely by uh, retired suicide girls. You know, like the the tatted up. You know, I saw the images, crazy hair colored uh, uh, the video. I think you have it posted yeah. in your movie review at the Beacon. Uh, I always. Thought it had the feel of a graphic novel, yes. Yeah, but it's not it a graphic. Kind of, I mean, it, it didn't. Of, there was no origin from. It's not based. No, on no, it. it's not based on a graphic. No, it, it does have that kind of graphic novel feel. Part of that is from the um, the use of subtitles. Like the, oh, yeah. the subtitles sure. are like kind of fancy mm-hmm. subtitles. They're like different fonts uh, and colors. Uh, JVL, uh, were you always? You were a fan of John Wick when it first came out, too, right? Or no? No, I, so I discovered it on on video the way I think most people did. This mm-hmm. is one of that's those... how I yeah, only after you guys told me to yeah, watch yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies that I think found its audience out of the theaters. And when you go and look at the original theatrical trailer for it, like, it's no kidding. Why? The trailer's horrible. I mean, they, they clearly had no idea how to sell this movie and explain to audiences what it was. It, I mean, it really looks like a generic, the most generic action movie ever. Right. Yeah. And as Sonny said, I mean, it, it surprises you because it starts out as a not a generic action movie at all. It's a very interestingly crafted action movie. Then it layers on the mythology 
And then it layers on this Shakespearean view of the cosmos abhorring evil. This is, I mean, the moment when Michael Nyquist says to says to John Wick, he says, you know, the reason this has happened to all of us, the reason my son is dead, the reason your wife is dead, is because of the things we've done. Mm, right. <laughs> it's a really interesting. This is That's Macbeth, that, yeah. right? This yeah. is the reason there's a storm outside is because nature abhors the murders, and uh, that's very interesting. Everything about this is better than it has to be, and I'm I'm very happy that uh, Sonny, you say that it is the chapter two is better than I had feared because I thought, boy, you know, you catch lightning in a bottle once with a, a movie like this, it's hard to repeat it. Yeah, yeah, and it it is. I mean, it it is very uh, much of the same in certain regards. Like the the action sequences are very similarly kind of they're longer and they're more intricate, but it's still kind of similarly done. Uh, uh, but again, I, I, it's all the very little touches. It's all the there. There are so many great um, supporting performances. McShane, of course, uh, Lance Reddick, and Lance Reddick, who's great. Like it's very funny. You have you have the guys who are just straight up chewing scenery. Like Peter Stromar has a has a has a scene Stormy, earlier yeah. uh, on, and he you know is just kind of over the top and very very Russian and. Uh, and then you know Franco you have, Nero is the other guy, right? And you he have Franco is. Nero, who's more—he's kind of laid back and kind of—he's more in that McShane role. And then you have Reddick, who just kind of like arches an eyebrow, and that does all the scene chewing that he, that he needs to. Uh, and then you know you have the uh, you you have this guy who plays the sommelier, which is you know in a hotel, a sommelier, of course, is the guy who says what sort of wines you should drink. But in the uh, Keanu Reeves John Wick universe, uh, the sommelier is the guy who tells you what kind of guns you want to buy for the evening's <laughs> events. You know what has the big nose, what has the big bouquet, uh, and you know it it just is. It's all very funny and very cleverly done, and I I. I, I love it. I I don't know what to. I I, yeah. I know there are some people who who will be a little bit uh, um, uh, will feel that it's a little bit more of the same. I know our friend John Potthorst feels this way that it's that it's kind of mindless and. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it it if you like this sort of thing, then you will really like yeah. John Wick uh, chapter yeah, two. seconds. Yeah, I'm so happy Peter Stormare is in it. I can't, can't get enough. He's of one of our yeah, favorites. Yeah, uh, he's a substandard favorite that he did. Oh yeah, he was the crazy oh, for the folks, right. German engineer. Yeah, what was it? What was the? Was it more? Was it? I forgot what, it? what it was, I forgot uh, that was. It was. It was not by German. Yeah. Yes, yes, he did. And he would he would yeah. bring in like you know tuner culture guys with their tuned up cars, and they would destroy them in funny ways. And yeah. he'd be clucking, and you know. Yeah. He, he does that. He does that. And he has lied. Is he? Is do you know? I, I I don't know this offhand. Is he an American actor, a British actor, or I think he's Swedish? Isn't yeah, he? a he's Swedish great. actor because he does the accents really well. He plays those type of characters very well in almost every movie. I think he has an accent. Yes. Well, he yeah, he just has an accent. Yeah, even in uh, I believe he was in Seinfeld. Uh, Swedish. As, Look at me. There yeah. You go. Very yep. good. Uh, in Seinfeld, he's one of the cable installers. I think it's fantastic. No, you're, uh, that, he, no, no, he's no, a, you're thinking um, of Big Lebowski. He's in the Frogger episode. He's in the Frogger episode. He's yes, one of the thieves. He's one of, he's he, one of the guys. Oh, is he a thief yeah, in the Frogger? The I thought he was holes. the cabler. They have no. holes. <laughs> you know, the holes. Uh, he's one of the, yeah, he's yeah. one of the guys who hooks up the Frogger to, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then they drain the battery. because yeah, that's right. That's no, he plays the cable repairman in Log Jamming, the Big Lebowski movie within a movie. Uh, oh right, <laughs> right, right. The nihilist porn I'm, star. I'm here to fix Dinah Cobble. <laughs> right, Dinah. Yes, your cable. Um, would you say this is Keanu? Has Keanu Reeves basically come so, into his own? Because I always think of Keanu as still 
the sort of the 20-something surfer dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, Keanu Reeves, to my mind, is always at his best when he is kind of a cipher, right? Where he's he's kind of blank and... Not and, to be confused with cipher from The Matrix. Right. Well, so in The Matrix, you see him uh, as... he. I mean, he is just kind of blank and like... They literally fill his head with knowledge, and, you know, that sort of thing. And and John Wick is very much in that that mold. Uh, you know, the, he he does the whole kind of surfer boy shtick in, uh, in Point Break, which is yes. kind of a toned down version of Bill and Ted, of course, uh, well, yeah, you know, ex- from years before that. Exactly. Uh, and and you know that that works as well. But I I like him more when he's he's a little bit more blank and rote, and uh, in and the focus is not you know on him his facial expressions and right. takes are just but right. just watching him in motion because he's very he is very precise and very uh there's there's a good uh video clip that we should put in the show notes of him doing like a 30 second three gun round where he's you know uses the uh, handgun shotgun and a automatic weapon on a course just going boom 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 and the, there's like a 20 minute sequence playing in John himself Wick as a, yeah yeah just a, him training. training him training for John Wick 2 so there's there's like a 30 minute sequence in John Wick 2 that is that is just him doing three gun like a, okay. a, a under yeah. under the the streets of Italy so he works hard on this stuff yeah he's he's really yeah. good and again it's it's more about watching him in motion and this is true of the matrix as well where uh, like the from the uh, from the martial arts kind of kung fu mm-hmm. fight scenes to also the shootout scenes, like in the lobby of the the, the office building or mm-hmm. wherever. I mean, it is very much about just kind of watching him almost in a clockwork, very precise fashion, right. going from right. weapon to weapon. I, I've always felt. I, I've always. I mean, we are now uh, having. We've had three decades of Keanu Reeves. Basically, right, and, and when he started, when he uh, first appeared on the scene, and uh, well, I guess Bill and Ted's was 1989, uh, but he'd done a, a few movies before that, and so he's been around for for a long time. But in my mind, it's always variations of Bill and Ted. I know that's not fair, uh, but it's always this sort of surfer dude. I remember he did Bill and Ted and the Bogus Journey, and he did Parenthood, where he right. played the Parenthood. racing guy, but right. also kind of the same guy in that sort of yeah. slightly, you know, well, goofy, dim-witted. Yeah, but then there's a more realistic Bill and Ted yes. character. And then, yeah. and then there are the sort of the the smarter versions of the same uh, guy I always thought. In, well, there's the law enforcement, Keanu Reeves, which is like uh, Point Break, Speed. Speed, right. right. And, and, uh, and, um, uh, and then there's the smart professional, uh, Keanu Reeves as lawyer. In Devil's Advocate, Devil's. you remember we could talk about that, and uh, and he plays a doctor in Something's Got to Give with Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. Yeah. So that's a, so, but he's done his romantic uh, movies a, as well. But I always, you know, figure it's the same person. I always figured. That, I, I think you know. you're selling him short. Yeah, I know, I, I, know, I know. You know, I if you look back at his career, he has been a remarkably durable leading man, and he does. There are a couple of guys like this, Mark Wahlberg. Like who would have thought twenty years ago Mark Wahlberg would yeah. turn out to be the, the as durable a leading man as he's been? Same thing as Keanu. If you if you go back to uh, Bill and Ted and then Dangerous Liaisons, which he's in uh, the year before Bill and Ted right. comes out, the che- he plays the Chevalier. Right. He's. A, you would never think thirty years from now this guy is going to be still top lining movies. Oh, that's a good point. And it's because he does something nobody else does. And and people this is not an original observation. Everybody says that about him. He is almost inert. He is uh, yes. like one of the royal gas, like Xenon or something. <laughs> and 
But th- but that is so that is bad in many situations. But for certain types of movies, having a totally inert leading man allows everything else to revolve around him very cleanly. Well, that's definitely, and I yeah. think that's where when he when he's in a movie that's working well, that's why. And he's one of the only guys who can do that. I think everybody else sort of brings a bunch of stuff to it. I, I think about how little we know about Keanu Reeves, right? I mean, part of this is that he. He's a very private guy. He is not in the tabloids. He's not on the gossip blogs. Uh, he's a blank slate, not just as an actor, but even as a person. Yes. A and that Keanu, allows us to project things onto him up. and allows yeah. movies and narratives and stories to move around him in ways that are very interesting. Uh, do you realize it was only 10 years from Bill and Ted to The Matrix? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's yeah. astonishing. Yeah, it is. Is. I that, mean, that, think of, they seem like almost like a full generation apart. It's I, very I, funny. Yeah. Like, Keanu almost gets written off about every five years or so, right? Like, you had Bill and Ted, and then nobody really talked about him, and then Speed. And then six years later, you had The Matrix. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, oh, God, what was... Uh, I think I'm totally blanking on there was something between the Matrix and John Wick uh, that I'm that I'm totally uh, oh Street the Kings Street Day, Day the Street, Earth still no 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 that movie was bad uh, Street Kings which is like one of my total it's like a total cable mm. uh, you know uh, catch it when it's on two point five star you know base but it's but it's directed by David Ayer uh, who made Fury and um, uh, End of Watch and some other some other solid. Uh, action movies, not including Suicide Squad. He also made Suicide Squad. That was bad. And James Elroy, right? Didn't uh, James Elroy write it? Maybe, maybe. Who wrote what? Street, James Elroy. He wrote Street Confidential. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, Street yeah. Kings. Yeah. You're I think he no. wrote Street Kings okay. as well. Uh, but but it's like a yeah. just a good gritty crime drama. Now this wasn't a big hit like these others, but you know. I just always feel like at any moment, no matter what role he plays, I'm going to hear him go, "Whoa, dude! You know, there's enough C4 to blow a hole in the world." That's what he said in Speed, it's by big, the way. It's my is, favorite line. This is Vic's problem. <laughs> he, can't, he can't. But I don't. I don't blame Set him for that. His preconceptions. I don't blame him for that line. The, uh, Speed was not written by Keanu Reeves. It was written by. I looked this up. Graham Yost of the Americans. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> um, here's the big question: Do you think Keanu Reeves should have done Speed Two instead of it going to Jason Patrick? No. Because Sandra Bullock did it, and Jonathan, why did she do it? Sandra Bullock said, I, I remember very clearly in the, the interview where she said, I think this is with, um, gosh, one of those movie line, which used to be a great magazine. Yeah, and she <laughs> said that John DeBont made her career, is what she said. She said, he made my career, period, the end. And he asked me to be in a movie, and I said yes. And I really admire that. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, I also admire Keanu saying, this script is a piece of shit. I'm not going to do this no. movie. That is also admirable in a, yeah. in a different way. And the truth is his career was already established. He didn't quite owe as much perhaps as, as Sandy Bullock did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was on a cruise ship, right? It was on a cruise ship by yeah. his presence. Uh, Sandra Bullock, if we can get sidetracked here for just one moment, one of my favorite people in Hollywood. I love her. I think she's great. Uh, my, the best thing about Sandra Bullock, and if we can find this to put in show notes too, this would be great. Uh, was when she actually went to the Razzie Awards because she had been nominated for uh, what about for Steve or something yeah, yeah, that terrible yeah, yeah, movie awful. she was in with with Bradley Cooper, and she showed up with like a big wagon full of DVDs and was like, "I want all of you to watch this because I don't think you've watched this. I think you're just voting this because it's you know fun and popular She's and and great. like literally and just yelled at nerds for like ten minutes about how awful and and gross they were. That's my favorite thing about. And she's Sandra a local Bullock. girl. She's like from Arlington or this area. She went to school around uh, here. Maryland, I believe. Oh, I, well, suburban Maryland. I suburban think. Maryland. Yeah, she I is, could be wrong. 
Yeah, and also yeah, has become wonderful. an incredibly durable action star. Yeah, no, like, she's ever again. Who would have guessed? Yeah, at I, her I, age, I love her as a presence on screen, yeah. and like late in her career, when a lot of women mm-hmm. are transforming mm-hmm. themselves into like handsome movie actresses, you know, playing grand dames, yeah. she's like, hey, you know, I'll do some action movies, and people love her in those roles. Yes. Um, to go back to Keanu, uh, you remember him in uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, Bram Stoker's sure. Dracula. That I thought was kind of hard for him to fill because you're dealing with Gary Oldman and uh, Anthony Hopkins. And yeah, he was, that w- yeah, that's definitely not know, not the best fit. use of his talents. No, uh, no, he and he's he's a surprisingly good bad guy. The, you know, the blankness has a very sinister edge if you shoot it just right. Uh, he has a small part in the Neon Demon, which came out this year, uh, as a as like a uh, like a kind of vicious, wicked hotel clerk. That is very menacing on screen, uh, but there was there was a run in the in the like kind of post Matrix early two thousand era where he was, uh, it was that James Spader movie The Watcher, and what was the other one? Um, hold on, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Just, oh, I know what you're talking about, Sonny. Uh, and the gift, oh, the, the gift, gift with yeah. uh, Katie yeah. Holmes, and he where was he, bad where, in that. Yeah, yeah, where he plays just this kind of like really kind of cruel, vicious. Uh, uh, but blank-eyed and and uh, you know, uh, evil. It's for, like for, he he embodies evil quite for well. some reason. I don't Wait, remember. You know Katie Holmes I don't. I don't remember that scene, Sonny. <laughs> JV, you don't in, remember in the that gift. Movie? I only remember one uh, clip. Oh, I'm sorry. On YouTube, I think oh, it was uh, really good acting. I mean, Katie Holmes at her best. Emotion. I don't oh, think boy. clips like that get onto YouTube. Um, JVL again, please. She has mounds of talent. Thank you. Um. <laughs> The uh, you know what else? Uh, Keanu Reeves was great, and he was great in the Paula Abdul uh, video. Rush, rush, uh, put that in your show notes too. No, don't don't uh, put that in show notes. <laughs> that's where she says. Uh, Embarrassing. She said, "This is from we my time. I was in high school. I was in, I was in high school." And she's and what is Paula Abdul's line? It's like, "Oh, I've never been in love. Isn't that terrible?" And he says, "No, it only reminds us that we're all alone." <laughs> Thank you. Ah. You know, he does a lot of interesting. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. In, I own private Idaho. He he has like yeah. this indie streak to him too. Yeah, and that's that's right. He did with River Phoenix. Like that. That's that's a very good point. But he's a working actor. I mean, this guy yeah. he's doing a movie yeah. or two a year, yeah. every yeah. year for yeah. thirty yeah. years. Yeah. And I just think there's a lot to respect about that. Did you like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? I saw I it in the theater. I, Myself, I, didn't think, I did too. I, I you know, like was... every people forget what a sensation Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was. Yeah, huge. Like it was a it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they made a, t- a TV series out of it. They did a sequel to Cartoon. it. Cartoon. Uh, and it turns out it was only good for one gig. I it's know. interesting. Uh, it's interesting that you know they started that movie on equal footing. Him and Alex Winter, and then it's it's interesting how that happens, where yeah. one actor becomes Keanu Reeves and the other one stays as Alex Winter. Yeah. Well, Alex Winter was in, he was in the Lost Boys and then the the second Bill and Ted movie yeah. and it was just nothing about that kind of worked out. He, yeah. he, but he's like, he has his own career. He does, mm-hmm. he, he's a director of mm-hmm. music videos and commercials mm-hmm. and stuff. He's like stayed right. yeah, kind of in true. the industry. And uh, I say the other, the, the one great thing about uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey was the, uh, the great character actor, William Sadler, who plays Death. He's fantastic in that. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of time travel movies uh it's time for a little bit of a listener feedback uh thanks to our longtime listener Kristen soltis anderson she asked the substandard to list our favorite she says time loop movies which i think is a little bit too specific but uh, i was wondering if we could talk a little bit about uh if we have any favorite time travel movies i mean time loop is obviously a factor in it uh sunny did you have any thoughts 
Uh, well, it, it, in in a way, all time travel movies are time loop movies, right? Because they're all about like going back into the past and changing yes. what's happening uh, in the present or in the future. Um, uh, the, the best time loop movie is probably just Looper, right? <laughs> Looper, uh, which is which is itself basically three different movies yeah. kind of jammed into one. It's basically Back to the Future and The Terminator yes. and Akira. Uh, all in one with a with a kid who's the psychic and can like blow people up with his mind. Akira, Akira, no, I, strong. I'll, I'll Akira look into influence. that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, my favorite time travel movies are probably just the uh, your, your kind of standard go tos, right? I love Back to the Future. I think Back to the Future is more or less a perfect movie. It's a uh, it's you know very very tight and very very well done. Uh, the Terminator, of course, Terminator Two. Terminator more so. Two more right. than one. I think Terminator. If you don't mind me interrupting here, just briefly. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I think Terminator is prob. It's a great movie. It's a classic. Obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger made him a big star. But it's it, it's problematic if you delve too deeply into the whole time travel process because, of course. The Terminator goes back in time to kill Sarah Connor um, before her son is born. And the son, of course, leads the resistance. That's the whole point. But she gets pregnant uh, with the son with uh, Michael Bean, who right. comes back in time to protect her. So if he doesn't go back in time, then there's nobody to kill, right? But of course, it exists already. So, I mean, the resistance, uh, what's his name? Edward Furlong. Um, his father is from the future. Yeah. Right. I don't understand what your what your problem is. Here. <laughs> so, so in other words, uh, he had to go. They they want they they sent this is why the Terminator all, this back is why all to kill something that didn't happen. But this uh, is why all time travel movies are time loop movies because they all get into an awful paradox. At some where point, your, it didn't your brain melts ha- at down. At some point. Edward Furlong's character was born without the interference of a Terminator. Yeah, basically. The, all right. Now that we're done with explain your... that on term. Explain that one on Twitter. No, I won't. It doesn't need to be explained because it just happens. It just—it's the movie. Without without it, there's no movie. Okay. Uh, so uh, and and the other great kind of time travel time loop movie that maybe many people haven't really seen is called uh, Time Crimes. It's a Spanish, I believe it's Spanish uh, or possibly Mexican movie about a a, a guy who kind of stumbles onto a, a time travel uh, installation and and causes all sorts of havoc. I don't want to I don't want to mess up. I don't want to spoil too much for people, Spanish. but it's Spanish. Yeah. So uh, check out Time Crimes if you can. Um, does it have subtitles? Because I don't like movies with subtitles. It <laughs> does, unfortunately, have some. Oh, I don't. I lost that one off your list, JVL. I also hate subtitles. They're dumb and gross. But you know, if you can, there's, there's, there's actually not a lot of dialogue in the movie. It's this one guy kind of on. It's a very kind of mid, very low budget uh, affair. So it's him kind of wandering around and trying to figure out what's going on more than more than anything else. The you mentioned uh, uh, Sonny, uh, Back to the Future. I thought the first one, well, the series in general, I think was very good in explaining about alternative universes that are created because you affect mm-hmm. the past. That I could understand, and that and that that made sense to me. Plus, mm-hmm. in the first Back to the Future, it had that fantastic ending of where Marty comes back and the house is all done up, and mm-hmm. the parents are successful. The father's a published author, and his brother played by the great uh, character actor Mark McClure he no longer works at Burger King he says Marty I always wear a suit to the office you know I, mm-hmm. I just love that mm-hmm. in addition to being one of the great sort of um, fist punches uh, in the face of all fist, time fist, fist punches, punches fist punches That's in the face good fist punch of all time uh, was, and of course we're yeah. we're kind of missing out on uh, all of our favorites I'll let JVL tackle this one edge of tomorrow 
Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. I was going to say it's been like three episodes since I mentioned Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Groundhog Day, which is everybody's go-to. I right. And that's right. It remind me, I, I was thinking that's about right. this list. Run Lola Run has an element of time looping. To really? It, does it not? I don't remember. So, As, do you remember this? I, I feel like she, you know, she messes up. She gets hit by a car. She jumps back to the beginning and does it again. Is that? Am I, am I making this up? I, I, no, I don't think that's right. I can't remember. Actually, I I, it's remember. been a, it's been a long it's time terrible. since I've seen. I was going to say JVL. No, she has three runs. This is okay. right. It happens oh, three times. Yeah. This is. I'm now. I'm now right. remembering this. Okay. And that uh, the Run Little Run is one of these movies that actually I think is has been tremendously influential in like late 90s, uh, early 21st century movie making because it, it pioneers a lot of that shaky cam, uh, cinema verite-ish sort of thing that then Paul Greengrass perfects with the, the, the Bourne movies. Yes. And I actually think a lot of things stem from Roll, Run, Lola, Run, even though it was a small movie that what didn't wasn't a, a huge hit over here. The uh, when you mentioned uh, uh, JVL um, Groundhog Day, and I know uh, our friend Jonah Goldberg is uh, one of the leading authorities on Groundhog Day as well. Uh, how long was he stuck in the loop? Do we know? I don't. I think oh, it's, it's years. I mean, it, well, no, it's like it's centuries years. or something. No. It's like the. I I think. Um, uh, Harold Ramis addressed this at some point that they were going to have a device in the movie which was like he reads one so like remember they're in the like in the lobby or whatever there's like a big library yeah. of books in yeah. the hotel the bed and breakfast that he's staying in and like they were going to have him read one page in a book every day and like you could oh. like track oh. his progress and it wow. was like it was like you know tens of thousands of days oh, or, that's deep. but I guess hundreds of thousands yeah, of days yeah, I mean yeah. it was I will say, uh, what about I am f- correct about Run Lola Run, by the way. It is okay. a time loop with three okay. loops okay. that she begins from the same. Right. Point I couldn't. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, for yeah. some reason, I'm totally spacing on Run Lola Run. Who was the actress that was in that? German uh, actress, uh, right? Franca Potente. Franca Potente. Yeah. Yeah. Potente. Yeah. Was that the La Femme from, Nikita? Uh, no, from uh, no? Mark. That, uh, Mark from Born. Tom, from Born. Tom Teichfer, uh, uh, in the Born yeah. movie. She was the girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, I'm like, I, maybe I never actually saw it. I don't know. My favorite time travel movie is one that I saw when I was a kid. It was from 1979 called Time After Time. I don't know if you've seen this one. And it stars Malcolm McDowell as H.G. Wells. And his time machine works out. And the great British character actor David Warner, who plays Jack the Ripper. And what happens is Jack the Ripper takes H.G. Wells' time machine to go into the future. And then H.G. Wells has to go travel to find him. It's so good. It sounds so dumb. It's so fantastic because it's 1979. Was this a sci-fi original? Uh, no. S-Y-F-Y original? And Mary Steenburgen is oh. in it. And he travels to, quote, the you know the future, which happens to be uh, San Francisco 1979. Mm. And there's a wonderful, just a charming scene of Malcolm, well, H.G. Wells walking into a McDonald's. You know the that and 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 then not sure what to get and then discovering that the French fries are palm frites he says and and then we're making a reference to it later when he's dating Mary Steenburgen says oh it's they went to a fancy restaurant by the Golden Gate he says oh it's much better than that Scotch Irish place I went to for lunch which is great um, and uh, and and of course being 1979 uh, David Warner uh, slash Jack the Ripper his line is he tells H G Wells go back. You don't want to be here. This is my world. I belong here. Look what's happening in the world. And it was, you know, because it was an awful time. Mm -hmm. And it was great. And so 
anyway, if you get a chance, it's yeah. hard to find it anywhere. Yeah, weirdly, 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 this movie that nobody's ever heard of and oh, may just be oh, entirely in your Listeners, head. if you've ever seen Time After Time, <laughs> right. let me know on Twitter. Okay. I, a most overrated time loop movie, if I can do this really quickly, Primer. I hate. I primer. haven't even seen that one. It I hate. Like, I, it's, what is it, it was a. It was a very popular. I believe that's Kristen's favorite. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm no. sure it is. Oh, no. I'm sure. No, I. We I, love it. We I, love it. Never mind. We love it. No, I. I really. I really think it is one of these movies that's that's like complicated for the sake of being complicated. Uh, and it is very in love with its own cleverness, and it's like, oh, look at all these great reviews. Anyway, I just, I don't, I don't okay. care for it. Thank you. Um, Sorry, Chris. Can I just say before we please, leave this? Um, <laughs> people want to listen to a real podcast should go and listen <laughs> to Kristen Solzis Anderson's podcast yeah. called The Pollsters, which comes out also on Thursdays and is act like if you'd like to learn about politics and the real world and things that are important and not like naked chalupas, you should you should go listen to The Pollsters. It would be, you know what? It's great. Off. Yeah. Thank you, Sonny. Uh, it's a great idea. Listen to our podcast and then listen to Kristen's. It's like going from The Cosby Show to Family Ties. Or like the Cosme show to Cosmos. No, it's like going from married with children to 60 minutes. <laughs> okay. I think we're met, we're actually ready to move on. You know, we thought about, oh, this is going to be a short podcast, and here we are at, you know, two hours later. Uh, <laughs> Spirit of the week. Uh, thank you, Sonny. What are we drinking today? Uh, we're back to the bullet rye. I had a 375 sitting on my desk, and I was like, you know what? Let's just bring this in. That is, a, you know what? That's a nice size for the office. If yeah. you're, if you have, you know, if you're into People that sort of thing. People should know that we're recording this at 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, not I'm 11 totally now, serious. JVL. No, first off, first off, it's 11:55 oh, right there now. You it's go. almost Come noon. On. Please. So it's... if I continue drinking the same drink through noon, it's like I started drinking at noon. Bullet rye. There you go. And uh, I think uh, the spirit of the week over at the last household is Theraflu. Uh, Robitussin. Robitussin. Ah, yeah. Robitussin. Just as a matter of course, it's, I don't need to be sick to have some Robitussin. As, 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 yeah, well, as Chris Rock says, get that Tussin in there. Um, do we have uh, corrections? Uh, we do. I've been I'm literally falling down on the job this week, so I have a bunch of corrections that I just didn't get to. I have just one from a okay. friend of the show, Mike Fergoso, who says that Pleasure Island at Disney is no more. Yes. That's so right. that is gone. Uh, but that, you can get all the liquor you want at Epcot. And he says that he and his friends uh, in college went down to Epcot and did a drink in each country. They called it the Epcot 11. <laughs> I only remember the beer at the Hofbrauhaus in Little Germany. Yes, I went to there. That's fine. That's, I Can you imagine? Yeah, you went to Little Germany. Shocking. Do, they, do they have little, little Hitler at Disney <laughs> I went, at Epcot? I, I, little I went Germany. to Little Berchtesgaden. Thank you. Um, uh, we did the, uh, the, the sports movies, and we got a ton of people who said, what about running movies like Chariots of Fire? And without limits, the Steve Prefontaine movie—not that's the one with uh, Billy Crudup, not Jared Leto. It's, uh, it's one of those weird things where two movies about the same right. person come out. It's awkward. Um, and then, of course, best sports movie made for TV was Brian's Song with uh, James Caan and uh, Billy D. Williams. People will also say, "What about Slapshot? Did you hear this? Did you read this on Twitter?" A lot of people complained. What happened to Slapshot? I don't care as about a what hockey movie. I will say, if you want to talk about hockey movies, how about Young Blood with Rob Lowe and a very young. Keanu Reeves. I uh, I don't. Who watch, is a hockey guy himself? I don't watch hockey uh, in real life. I would never watch a hockey movie. I don't watch ice <laughs> soccer. What about Miracle on Ice? Wasn't that what was it called with Kurt Russell? Yeah, what but that's anything? more about America. It's about America. That's a that's a movie Man, about America triumphing over the commies, the Soviets. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
that's all the time we have uh, that we're giving for this episode. Uh, questions, comments, complaints, compliments, tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunny Bunch. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard under podcast and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. And don't forget the Substandard show notes will be up on Friday at 11 a.m. Yeah, if you have questions about those, you should tweet them to at JB Last. <laughs> no. Uh, until next time. Well, there you go. How did it feel doing on Skype, uh, JVL? This is great. I'm never coming to the office again. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I am just glad that this was not a uh, an episode where uh, you tried to ambush me again like Chris Hansen from Dateline. Thank you, JVL. <laughs> a lot of there was a lot of concern. I got a lot of feedback about that from Did you people. Get some feedback at home, uh, a little bit, uh, and from other uh, colleagues' wives. People concerned that you know, and I have to insist to them. Who was it? Was it Elena? Is, uh, no, I'm like no names, <laughs> no names. You and Singh. It's what? all jokes, people. It's all jokes, just like yeah, yeah. yeah they're all <laughs> jokes. I was, and all I was right. so. Thank God you didn't bring up any Emma Watson jokes because those are jokes too. <laughs> just, just jokes. jokes. Okay. There was I a very funny. There was a funny, very funny Vic Mattis joke uh, back in like I think it was maybe two thousand and five, when the second or third she was 17 Harry Potter. She was seventeen. No, when she, she started was like fourteen. A, no, no, no. And, and it was look, a very funny joke. A joke Vic. that you'll it was never very hear funny because joke. it was kidding. It was just I joking. Think that Emma Watson now as a woman is mm. very attractive mm -hmm. and I've really found her attractive in that last movie she made, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> I saw that on cable and well, that was last was it the last one? Like the the, 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 oh, the boy. I saw Deathly House part 2 and said, "Oh, not my type." But I said, "Oh, wait a minute. No. Just <laughs> kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. Just kidding, guys. Just, just kidding, kidding FBI. Just kidding FBI. He's totally kidding. No, he's not. He's totally, totally kidding. Totally okay. okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, JVL, I hope you will feel better by next week's episode. Yeah, how about well, I just hope I'm not, like, dead by next week's episode. Everybody else is going to yeah. feel better, I assume. And, uh, of course, the way this will work is once everybody else turns the corner. My, you know, you, your body can only resist for so long, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. You tell us. <sighs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, no, did we have something, was there something, I feel like there was something else, like something wrestling related or something that we uh, no, not, no, 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 you're starting no. to get delirious. Yes, yes, you are. Um, I hope you'll be okay. <laughs> oh, can yeah. I, can I tell I, you, I, actually, I, I put something on this. So my wife, uh, <laughs> yes. took the, her doctor said to her, um, well, there's one thing you can do with the flu. You can take, I forget if it's Tamiflu or Theraflu. It's some prescription medication you can take. And you have to take it within 48 hours of onset of the symptoms. Yes, yes, I know that one. I know that one. the end mm -hmm. of, yeah, it cuts like the last two days of the flu yeah, off or something We have like that. that in our house too. Yeah, so my wife took that and I'm leafing through the, just the little booklet that comes with it, which is uh, essentially a... Um, 49 inch by 29 inch piece of paper, you know, like super, super thin paper with five point writing on it. And so this piece of paper, which is double sided, probably has 30,000 words of text on it. So I just, you know, I'm up, the baby's crying. I'm just flipping through for amusement tonight. I go to the, the section of potential side effects. At first it's like headache. Okay. You know, insomnia. Okay. Uh, then it gets to things that are a little more, a little more serious, you know, vomiting, 
then there are heart palpitations. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If you, if you begin to hear voices, call your doctor. Wow. <laughs> If you begin to have hallucinations, call your doctor. And then there's a warning. You know, if you can hurt yourself, you can injure yourself fatally if you start obeying the voices that you hear while on this medication. That's <laughs> right. When I thought, wow. you know what? Why not just be sick an extra two days? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this is. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Because in the end, of course. Uh, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> 